It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Staten Island recently played host to the New York State Little League Championship, with eight teams vying for a spot in regionals in hopes of achieving every young ballplayer's dream of playing in the Little League World Series in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. We covered every single game, which included the non-island teams. So uh, not only did South Shore get their typical coverage from the Staten Island Advance SI Live, but the teams, two from Long Island, the others from upstate, every single game was covered, and uh, it was a great experience. It, was, it, it went off well, a lot of excitement, the uh, great kills in South Shore Little League. Every time there was a game, they were packed to the gill, and you know people came out. We gave them their due, and from what I see, the island teams were appreciative, but I believe the off-island teams were very appreciative too, because I'm just saying, they, they definitely do not get the type of coverage that they received last week. Welcome to the Staten Island Advances from the Scene, a podcast bringing you an inside look at the biggest stories on Staten Island with the reporters who cover them. I'm your host, Eric Bascom, and this week I'm joined by Staten Island Advance sports reporter Charlie DBAs to discuss the paper's comprehensive coverage of the state championship tournament and Staten Island's storied Little League history. Thanks for joining me today, Charlie. I can't believe it's taken this long to get you on the podcast. We've been going for a while now, but I'm so glad you're here to talk about something that holds a very special place in my heart, and that's Little League Baseball. So thanks again for joining me, and I'm curious, did, did you ever play Little League as a kid? And, and if so, what do you kind of remember most about that? Well, first off, thanks thanks for having me, Eric. I really appreciate it. And uh, to answer your question, yes, indeed, I did play Little League as a kid. I am a Staten Island Little League alum. Played last in 1981, I believe it was. And, um, you know, as a kid, uh, the camaraderie with... Uh, to teammates playing baseball, occasionally maybe a game winning hit here or there. It was, from my memories, it was a lot of fun and uh, something I look back with uh, fondly. Yeah, yeah. And I had pretty much the same experience. I'm a New Springville Little League guy. Okay. And so I had played pretty much, you know, starting when I was four or five years old, the whole thing, the camaraderie, the friends you make. That's a great point. Every time I'm out and about, I run into someone. They'll, I'm like, they're like, hey, what's up? How you doing? I'm like, hey, great. My girlfriend's like, who yep. is that? And I'm like, oh, we played baseball together. <laughs> right. Like, you played baseball with everybody. Yep. And so you got that. You got all the memories. And then the game-winning hits you mentioned, I was, I played from the time I was five every year up until then, never won the championship. My last year at 12 years old, got to the championship mm-hmm. game for New Springville, hit a walk-off double. The, nice. And I, still, and I still have the little championship jacket with the with the name on the on the pocket and all that. It's sitting in my closet. So it's it's definitely something that I also look back on fondly and, uh, you know, has had such a big impact on my life. So I'm, I'm glad that we're talking about this. Yeah. It's be a fun topic. Yeah, 
Yeah, so I want to talk about this tournament that we that we hosted here. So can you just explain a little bit first to the listeners kind of what this tournament was, how teams qualified and ended up there, and, and kind of where it was being hosted throughout the island? So basically, the New York State tournament uh, is comprised of the eight best teams in the state. Those teams get there by first winning their district. South Shore won District 24, that's Staten Island. After you win your district, now remember there's districts throughout the state, then you go to your section. Uh, South Shore was in the section uh, three south, and the eight winners from the eight sections in New York State go to the state tournament. This year it was at uh, co-hosted by South Shore and Great Kills Little League, and uh, it was it was an unbelievable experience. Yeah, and so I was curious. Uh, I don't remember in the past. I'm sure it has happened before, but has Staten Island ever hosted this before? And how do they kind of determine each year where this is going to be? Because it is a statewide thing. I imagine they host it sometimes upstate, or yeah. sometimes in different parts of the city. So how did they how did they land on this? And and is this the first time we've had it here? So the district administrator, uh, in this case, it's uh, Frank Cambria. He he makes a request. He puts in a, a formal a request to host the tournament. And then you have to win uh, the bid, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So they did win, and they uh, once you lock into st- uh, hosting the state tournament, you lock in for a three-year period. So they will be hosting again next year and the year after. Oh wow, that's great! Yes, my recollection, the tw- I do not recall the twelves, which is, for lack of a better phrase, the granddaddy of all divisions because that's the one that goes to Williamsport. Yeah. I do not recollect the 12s hosting the state tournament, but in the past they have occasionally hosted the 10s and maybe even the 11-year-old division tournaments. Gotcha. So yeah. the younger kids who are obviously winning a state championship is winning a state championship. But for the 12s, when you get the chance to be on TV potentially at the Little League World, yes. it's a huge annual thing. So it's cool that we, that we kind of had that here as the first – not the first stepping stone, but another, uh, you know, step along yes. the way towards that, yep. towards that ultimate journey. So I want to talk a little bit about our coverage of the event, mm-hmm. the events, because this is something that we committed a lot of resources to. It's it was it's a huge deal. If you've been on our website the past week or two, you'll have seen articles all over the place, mostly by you. You've done a great job. Thank you've you. been all over the place. Oh, we've had write-ups for all the games. There's been photographers all over the place taking pictures of people. So I'm curious what it was like planning our coverage of this event when we found out this was going to happen. Did we know that we were going to go this hard for it? Yeah, I mean, we blitzed it, for lack of a better phrase. We did blitz it. Uh, I found out back in, I believe it was February, that Staten Island was hosting, the District 24 was hosting the state tournament. And, uh, you know, we had a powwow back then uh, discussing this uh you know, given this comprehensive coverage, we covered every single game, which included the non-island teams. So not only did South Shore get their typical coverage from the Staten Island Advance SI Live, but the teams, two from Long Island, the others from upstate, they every single game was covered, and uh, it was a great experience. It was it, it went off well. Um, a lot of excitement. The the, the uh, great kills in South Shore Little League. Every time there was a game. They were packed to the gill and, you know, people came out and it was something that I thought went off pretty well. Yeah, no, it was amazing. I've been trying to keep up with it uh, as well throughout the past week or so. And so I'm curious for you as kind of our point person on mm-hmm. this, our, our, our boots on the ground, what was the, kind of the average day like for you while you were covering this tournament? Okay, so there were four, there were, uh, for, the, for the pool play rounds, uh, which were three, there were three of them, there were four games a day. 
Oh, wow. So, and they were separated. The, the times, I believe, were 10 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 5 o'clock, and 8 o'clock. So basically what we did was I would go to two games. We, we planned it out ahead of time. Nick Regina would go to the other two games. So I think I did two morning games. Uh, twice I did the morning games and one time I did the nighttime game. So basically, 10 o'clock game, I got there probably a quarter after nine, mm-hmm. get the lineups, go through all the uh, regular stuff that they go with the announcements and stuff like that. You know, it's the best teams in the state. So you'd like to think, and for the most part, the games did go off well, cleanly, uh, pretty, pretty, they went pretty quick because, you know, we're not talking about somebody being walked 15 times and stuff. Right. So, so they went quickly. It was probably an average of about an hour and 15 minutes between the next games. You know, you, do, you, you, you put your box score together, you get a bite to eat, then the next game was done, and then Nick would do the same thing at night or in the morning when he did it. We gave, we gave them their due, and from what I see, the island teams were appreciative, but I believe your off-island teams were very appreciative too because I'm just saying, they, they definitely do not get the type of coverage that they received last week. Yeah, no, and that's something that we're going to talk about a little later yeah, in yeah. terms of the youth sports coverage being something that we really emphasize here at the Advance. But you made a really good point that uh, I hadn't even really thought about, but the fact that these are the best teams, so the games are going a little smoother because everybody knows, especially if you're a parent who has a kid in Little League, yeah. you've sat through a game that went two hours, two and a half hours because... Who can't throw a strike? They're throwing the ball all over the place. You got the Little League home runs with three errors on the ground ball and all that kind of stuff. So I imagine it's a much better experience for you and for anyone watching, really, when you've got these kids who are are really more refined than your average Little League. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about the South Shore team, Mm -hmm. the fact that we had some representation there on Staten Island. And so can you tell us a little bit about the players on that team, the coaches, and just kind of how they did throughout the tournament? Well, first off, the, the manager of the South Shore team this year is Mike Zaccarello, who is the South Shore legend. Not only has he been coaching there for years, but he led the 2009 South Shore team to the Little League World Series. So he has you know a lot of uh, experience in his arsenal. And, and besides the fact leading them to the World Series, he's had other district championships. He's been to the state finals. He's won. He's very experienced, so right off the bat, they got their money's worth with uh, Mike and their coaching staff. Yeah, This team was very, very strong. One of the reasons why they were so successful was because they were very deep pitching-wise. They had several guys, Anthony Conti, Dominic Dapletano, Christian Falzone, Robert Esposito, Stephen Grippo, Angelo Regina, to name a few, who could all pitch. And to me, the difference between being mediocre or not having a chance and being in the spot they were in is pitching. And so one of the reasons why they were so good was their pitching. They also had firepower offensively, too, to to hit the long ball. Um, They were a very well-rounded, complete team. Yeah, and I think the pitching, you really, you know, hit it on the head there because there are so many teams that you see that they have one kid who can really pitch. And when he's in there, you're like, oh, no, what are we going to do about this? You try and stall him out a bit, make him reach the pitch count, and then try someone else. 100%. Or maybe he he pitched last game, so he can't pitch the next one. And then that team is in a real compromised position. But when you have kind of that arsenal of arms like you were yes. like you were saying, that makes you a lot more viable. And then I imagine, too, defensively is a big part of it. Because like I was saying, Little League, you can see some rough defense out there. And so if you're playing clean defense, yep. if you've got a good pitching staff, you're in pretty good shape. And so let's talk a little bit about their performance in the tournament. How did they do? 
So South Shore, I mean, listen, ultimately they were very disappointed, but overall they did very well. They they advanced to the state tournament. They won this, obviously they won the district undefeated. They won the section undefeated. They won all three games in the, in the state tournament before they got to the semifinal. So they were, I believe, 15 and a hope. They wow. did not lose a game, and and they were highly touted, and there was a lot of expectations. Unfortunately, they ran into their old nemesis in the semifinal. Massapequa was, you know, I hate to even say it because I know it's not, a, it's a, it's a, uh, for lack of a better phrase, a sensitive thing, but the previous two years, South Shore squared off against Massapequa Coast in the championship round, in the 10s and 11s, they did it a little bit differently. Those were double elimination tournaments. Okay. Both times, South Shore was in the driver's seat. They just needed to win one of two games, and they wound up losing both games. So now they go into this year, they have Massapequa Coast again, but this time it's single elimination. And unfortunately, they fell short. They ran into a buzzsaw pitcher who gave up a three-run homer in the first inning. But... um. They the best people coast bounced back and wound up beating South Shore again, and unfortunately, the high expectations were disappointed. But that's why they play the games. Yeah, no, of course. We'll be right back. The Mayor of Maple Avenue is a powerful multi-part podcast about Sean Sinisey, a victim of former Penn State football coach Jerry Sandusky, who was arrested ten years ago for numerous child sexual abuse charges. The podcast series is written and hosted by Pulitzer Prize-winning reporter Sarah Gannam, who takes listeners into the world of addiction rehabilitation, where society can be quick to celebrate the consequences for abusers while not addressing the needs of their victims. Subscribe now to The Mayor of Maple Avenue wherever you get your podcasts. And so, did you get a chance to speak with anyone on the South Shore team after the loss? And what was kind of the feeling around the, the clubhouse, for lack of a better term? They were surprised and they were shocked. Um, I talked to Zach after the game. Zach makes himself available whether they win or lose, and they win a, a quite often. Um, I think he was a little surprised. We talked about a few things in retrospect that he might have done differently over the course of the game. But uh, at the end of the day, unfortunately, they picked a bad day to to not play well offensively. They only had one hit in the game. I can guarantee you that was not the case the previous 15 games. Right. But – Give the kid, and Zach did, the kid Mateo Pipio from uh, uh, Massapequa Coast. He tipped his hat to him because he he did a very, uh, you know, great job against them, and he shut them down. Yeah, absolutely. And so with Massapequa now moving on, and you've gotten to kind of see that team over yeah. the past week or so, what do you think their chances are in terms of regionals and, and maybe even if they do make it out of regionals in the Little League World Series, do you think that they're a team that can really compete at that high of a level? Yeah, I mean, first off, they're, they're well-coached. They're, they're just like South Shore. They, they're, they're coaches. Uh, John Henshey is the manager's name. They're well-coached. They're well-drilled. That's a great start. Uh, the big thing about Massapequa Coast is two things, and, and it's not going to be a surprise. They have two top-notch pitches, I mean, exceptional pitches, Pippio, who I previously mentioned, and Ryan Land. That's, that's a very good start to have two guys like that, uh, top-notch. But the big thing with Massapequa Coast is they play exceptional defense. They make the plays. They make routine plays look even more routine. <laughs> and then they make hard plays routine. And one of the reasons why they beat South Shore 4-3, to then they beat East Greenbush, Castleton, in the championship also 4-3, to was because they made the plays. And unfortunately, 
East Greenbush Castleton did not make the plays, and that was the difference in that game. So to, to answer your question, their offense is good, and they definitely have guys that could, could do good things. That would be the big question to me. But because they pitch and because they play defense, I think they have a fair shot, a puncher's chance to, to, to go reasonably far. Yeah, yeah. And so we touched on this a little bit earlier, but I wanted to talk about Little League history mm. Staten Island. Yeah. We've actually had a bunch of teams throughout the years who have kind of progressed and made runs to the Little League World Series. So I'm curious if you've ever had the chance to cover any of those teams or if you've just kind of been around on the island and, and what you remember about some of the, their, uh, you know, their runs that we've seen in the past. Okay, so Staten Island has had, uh, and, and to me this is, when you consider Staten Island, the size of Staten Island, it, it's exceptional. Six teams in Staten Island history have gone to the Little League World Series. Um, Mid-Island three times, South Shore three times. Mid-Island in 64, the only Staten Island team to win it all. Yep. They were world champions. They also went in 2006 and 2018. South Shore has gone three times, 1985, 1991, and 2009, like I uh, said, uh, you know, with Zach. Right. So for various reasons in those early years, I didn't go. I think, I think believe it or not, 2006, first of all, 1991, I was a uh, low man on the totem pole. That's number one. Right. 2006, I was on vacation. Oh, uh, okay. 2009, I was on vacation. <laughs> Just how it worked out. Yeah. But I was front and center in 2018 when Mid-Island went. And going down there takes three and a half hours to get there. I'm like, oh, my God, you know, <laughs> it's, it's going to be crazy. I enjoyed the experience. I, it, was a, it was a great experience. It was a lot of fun. It was almost like being... Uh, a beat reporter for the Yankees or Mets. Um, yeah. The way they run things over there, the kids exchanging pins, and 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 and, and Mid Island had a great start. I think they won their first three games before that. They wound up being the number four team in the world. Wow! They didn't win, but uh, to answer your question, Eric, it's, it's it's an unbelievable experience. One of the things I did while I was there was I took a picture every time I bumped into somebody. I took a picture of them, and I wound up doing a slideshow of who came to watch Mid Island. And it was probably about 35 to 40 pictures of people that came just to watch Mid-Island. And a lot of them weren't even associated right, with uh, Mid-Island. Staten Island it be uh, becomes one for the most part as, as big as the rivalries are when it gets that far. Yeah, you know, and it's funny. I, you mentioned the 2006 team, and that's the one that I remember because that is my same age group. That was my last yeah. Little League. So I was at New Springville. But, you know, you know people in the Staten Island baseball communities and, you know, you play on your travel teams and stuff in the summer. So I knew some of the kids on that 2006 Mid-Island team. Right. And I just remember how excited everybody yeah. was about it and, you know, going home and watching the games on TV. TV, sure. See kids Nick Dasha, there's Nick Dasha. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it really is just a just a crazy experience. And it is kind of like uh, everybody pulls together in that way. It's almost like when the World Cup starts, right? Yep. You've got Team USA games and everyone's, you know, a soccer fan for once. It's like everyone's a Little League fan when Staten Island has somebody in the 100%. series. And so that is something that's really exciting. And it's a shame that we weren't able to get back there this year, but you know, it sounds like the South Shore team is in a really good place with the coaching that they have. Yeah. Just throughout the years, they've always put out such good talent there. So I'm sure that they'll be right back at it again next year, yep. kind of knocking on the door in the way that they were. So before we go, I just wanted to touch on one other thing. Mm -hmm. you, you mentioned earlier on that the people, uh, the teams coming to us from other parts of the state yeah. are definitely not used to the kind of coverage that we were providing during this tournament. Right. So 
I always thought it was interesting and, and really a great thing that we do here at The Advance is that we are very focused in on youth sports. Mm-hmm. It is something that we always try and cover and it always really resonates with our readers. So I'm curious kind of why you think that is and, and why it's so important for us, why we've placed such an emphasis on covering these youth sports. Well, Staten Island is a unique place. And one of the reasons, you know, our circulation where we go out and stuff like that focuses primarily on Staten Island sports. And to me, part of it is to believe, and I hate to admit this because it's gonna, it's, my age is going to be revealed, but I've been on the sports, I've been working in the sports department for 36 years. One of the things, you look at TV, you see Sports Center, you see the nightly news, the kids see their favorite players, you know, whoever, Aaron Judge, they're getting interviewed, they're being featured and stuff like that. And to me, every kid would love that to be the situation for them. So when it becomes something like Little League Baseball and Softball, which in my estimation is probably top two on popularity on sports on Staten Island, right up there with high school football and high school basketball. The thought of being interviewed and getting your name in the paper and being praised in um, a grandma or grandpa and Uncle Bill and, aunt, you know, everybody's seeing your name in the paper and it's a point of reference now. Hey, I saw your son was in the paper. I think everybody likes the idea of being in the limelight at some point or another. And because we focus on that and and we get a lot of names in the paper, people like being in the limelight. (laughs) I think that's one of the reasons why I do. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, that's what I was thinking as well. And, you know, I still have some of the old news clipping from when I was a kid somewhere buried in the house, you know, in the basement with the photo albums or whatever of, you know, Eric Bascom went three or four with, Two RBIs yep. and pitch six shutout innings and so-and-so's win against so-and-so. And so it's funny. I, I, I love that stuff. I know other people who have had the same experience. And when I first started working here, actually, you know, we have the, you know, the online archive that mm-hmm. we use here in Merlin where you sure. can look up all the old articles, all That's the right. old papers. And so, you know, just for kicks, we would put in our own names. Yep. We'll put in our, our friends' names and see what pops up. And you, I found some of those things and it was just the memories started flooding back to me of like, I was, I can't even remember. You know, these are things that were 15 years ago or beyond that at this point. I'm older than that at this point. So, but you know, 15, 20 years ago, some of these, these clippings that are in there, but you know, it's always nice to look back on. It's always nice to have your name in the paper, like you said. And so I think that that's a great service that we do to this community. Cause like you said, people can go elsewhere for their national sports news. If you want to learn about the Mets and the Yankees, you can go to ESPN. That's right. You go to SNY, you can go to Yes, you can see that in all these places. But as a local community paper, I think it's so cool that we we offer this kind of content. And just one last thing, I'm just curious for you, what is it like covering such young kids? Because I imagine it's a different kind of experience than even if you're doing high school kids or you know, in some cases adults, like if we're doing Ferry Hawks coverage, Imagine when it's these young kids, like 10, 11, 12 years old. It's got to be a little different, right? So uh, how is that for you? It is it is a little different. Again, it comes back to what I said about having the, the limelight, for lack of a better phrase. I know I've said it 15 times already, on you. There are some kids that are very shy and need the manager to be there because uh, sometimes they get a little push. Well, what about the big hit you had, you know, stuff like that. But then there are some kids, their eyes get big and they're like, sure. oh, my God, you know, the, the, I, I'm really nervous, and I and I say the same thing to all the, the kids 12 years old. What I say, let's just pretend we're having a conversation, and that seems to calm them down. And they love it. They love it. Who doesn't like being interviewed on something positive? Right. And it is something very positive. It's a great experience. It's very rewarding, and um, 
most of the time, because of course there's going to be X amount of people that whatever, they don't like something or that, but most of the time people appreciate the coverage and, 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 and they, they say that, you know, the next day, sometimes they'll get an email from a parent, you made my son's day and stuff like that. So it's a, it's a, it's a great job uh, because it can be, it can be very rewarding in that aspect. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Charlie. It was great talking to you. Anytime. Hope to have you back on the podcast. Sure. Hopefully we don't have to wait until next year when we're doing No, no. If we find some more sports topics that we can get you on the chat. Absolutely. Great. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Staten Island Advances from the Sea. If you like what you've heard, please make sure to rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit silive.com for the latest on all these stories and more. Thank you for supporting local journalism.